This is it, the Knowledge Action Success Podcast. This week, it's a What's Your Formula episode, where I interview the successful, brave people who decided it was time to pursue their dreams and make a difference. Discover the truth that drives these folks to keep at it and pursue their dreams as they share their stories with truth and vulnerability. My intention is that you'll be able to align yourself with their knowledge and experience and take action to develop your own formula and make a positive difference towards your journey to success and empowerment. I'm your host, Steve McLean. Before we get to the interview, let me officially introduce Pam Bowerman. Pam has it all. She's got the life that we're all just a little bit envious of. She's smart, beautiful, sophisticated, and she's bringing in the big bucks. Her life is just about perfect. A graduate of Michigan State, Pam lives in an upscale downtown apartment in Rochester with her husband of just over 20 years now. I heard he used to play a mean saxophone back in the day. Pam drives an awesome car, a black Audi A7. And that brings us to where she found her success as the finance manager of the Audi dealership of Rochester Hills, Michigan. She's really got it all together. So without further ado, let's get into her formula for success on the Knowledge Action Success Podcast. Reality check. What? Have I talked to Pam recently? I mean, I mean, she's pretty busy. No, why? What? She, she lost her job? She lost her job during the COVID quarantine? She, she doesn't live in her apartment anymore right there? That, that place was so cool. What? Her, her husband left her? He, he left a note on the kitchen table and just left? Just walked out? After 20 plus years of marriage? Oh, poor Pam. I thought she was untouchable. It's true. Bad things happen to good people. Heck, bad things happen to bad people. Life happens, and what are we going to do when our comfortable lives suddenly shatter? If you're struggling or suffering right now, this podcast is for you. Pam's story is for you. Please listen. Please share it. Please let this story get out there. There is hope at the end. Well, I can't believe that all of those things really did happen to Pam. And you know what? I think that this has been the best thing that ever happened to her. You see, this Pam, this Pam is different. Sure, I just told you her life crashed and she sunk to the bottom, but when she got there, she discovered herself in the darkness. Then she realized she had such beautiful wings and she was ready to fly up and out towards the light. As soon as her hamster wheel of a life broke, she took off and transformed into an amazing person powered by love and self-discovery, and she took off into a brand new world chasing her newly realized dreams and checking the boxes for a truly fulfilled life. We all know Pam or someone like Pam. When you go through life on autopilot and then your proverbial plane crashes, what do you do? Believe it or not, you've got a huge choice to make. Give up, be a victim, or start over. Pam's story is about choosing life, her life. Let's try this intro again. Grab your notebook and prepare yourself as Knowledge Action Success presents Pam Bowerman's story of living an empowered life through love and self-discovery. Let's listen to her story and find out what it took to get her through and see if we can identify her components in the formula for success. Now we need some music. 
you so much for having an interest in yeah. my life. Well, this is great, and I think I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this. It might be a little different. It might go off the the path a little bit from what um, I normally try to do with knowledge, action, success, and trying to help people start a business or realize their dreams and plans and move in that direction. But I think it's really important from a perspective of how are people realizing that this is their life and they can take charge. You know, Pam, if I can quickly summarize a little bit why I think your story is of great value to my listeners. It's, you know, we've known you for a little while and you were married and kind of a quiet person and you kind of kept to yourself a little bit as far as I knew in the beginning and then living a nice life and just you and your husband and everything was content and happy and you made some decent money between the two of you I think and a nice little apartment uh, and then one day BAM life suddenly changed and your contentness wasn't there anymore and you were faced with life and how to deal with it sort of on your own. From a you know Taking that shocking value, and we'll get into that in a second, but I realize that your success now is just like all your dreams are coming true. You know, every time I talk to you, it's something new has happened, and now we're in your brand new uh, condo apartment uh, sitting outside looking in the city, which you just moved into. I can see the GM building from here, and you're within walking distance of the Tigers the sports stadiums, and... Uh, Woodward and it's just fantastic it's just and Detroit is so booming right now and you're jumping into it right at a great opportunity you got a beautiful park across the street and this is cool stuff you're driving a great a7 you know I still have to drive that. <laughs> a perk you know, an it's Audi a perk. a7 yeah it but is. it's great and so I mean anybody looking in at you would say wow this is fantastic you have your life together but let's break it down and think about what did it get take to get there? So tell us a little bit more about your story. So the story, you want me to go all the way back to where it began? Back to where contentness Okay. Broke. The first thing is um, I was not content and mm-hmm. I was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that? No, I did not know. So I, you're just going along in life. I thinking, was going along in life. This is what it's all about. And all I did was work. Yeah. That is all I did. Um, my ex-husband, we never went out to eat. We never went out to movies. Uh, we never did, had, went on any adventures, on any trips. Mm. Um, I simply would work and come home and wake up and work and come home. And mm. it was years and years of this. And you in a great spot with lots of parks and cool adventure absolutely, areas right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was just, um, it was just like... It was the it was the hamster on the wheel. Mm. I was the hamster on the wheel, <laughs> and then and and it just kept spinning out of control, and um, then finally, you know, I got to a point and I fell off. Well, I fell off because my ex stopped the wheel, and when he stopped the wheel, I fell off the wheel, and now I was standing in my cage, going, "Okay, the wheel's not working. I'm in my cage." Mm. I'm, this is not a good place to be. So your husband stopped the wheel. So you yeah. you were married, you're happy, so something happened, he came, he... I know a little bit about the story, but right. tell us tell however much you feel comfortable with. So, to you know, basically it was just one day I was coming home from work and I gave him a call and I said, Hey, I'm going to stop by CVS, i got to return my lip glosses. And he's like, <laughs> okay. He goes, so you'll be a couple minutes. I go, yeah, I'll be a couple minutes late. And when I walked in the door, I could hear the echo of emptiness, which were the empty closets 
mm. because he had taken all of his possessions mm. and he was gone. And the only thing that was left was a letter on the counter. Wow. And the keys. Wow. And the letter... Because he left you the keys. <laughs> and the letter was just pretty much, um, hey, it's been good, it's been real, you're a nice person, thank you for our time together, but I'm not here anymore, and let me know if you need help paying the bills. Wow. And this is after 22 years of being together. Mm -hmm. And not without ups and downs, um, but definitely not with um, that kind of like a termination, Mm -hmm. like a a termination. Right. And at that point, when you're standing there, there's no going back. So, but then you're standing still because there's no, you have no vision. Right. And um, so pretty much I just decided from that point, you know, well, now I had to figure out how to live on my own. Yeah. Which is insanely frightening Mm -hmm. um, to the point of just um, you freeze. You just freeze and you just don't know what to do. And so um, I went through a period of time where um, I was just I couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. It was a morning period. It, it was horrible. Yeah. And I could be watching a comedy, and they would say a line that was supposed to be funny, and to me, it brought me to sobbing tears. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point after about six months where I'm like, okay, stop it. You know, you've got to get out. You can't just come to your apartment every night and cry, you know. Is there oh. something that triggered that? Um, a margarita. <laughs> a margarita. So I came home and I was just like, I really, it was a beautiful day outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I would really like a good, <laughs> a good margarita. <laughs> so I happened to live um, above a yogurt shop and mm-hmm. walking distance across the parking lot from a bar that served margaritas. So I said, yeah. I'm going to walk over. Um, I was still in my work clothes. <laughs> and I popped up at the bar and I had a margarita. And it turned into two. <laughs> and when on the third one, I said, do I get the third one free after the two? <laughs> and sitting next to me is one of the most wonderful people. Her name was Lisa. Mm-hmm. And she was there with her brother-in-law. And she and I started talking. And we had formed a wonderful friendship on the spot. We yeah. were coming from the same place. We were kind of in a similar place, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, she liked to come there occasionally and have some wine and, you know, have a chat. And yeah. So you found a friend. I found a friend. So venturing out, found me a friend. And so that got me out because we could go out together and that type of thing. Um, and then as time went on, I just started, it, it was a long period of time that I was just still in kind of a stagnant place. Yeah. I was still, I had a friend, but I didn't really do anything that was new in my life or anything that was exciting or try to pursue what my future was. I was just kind of moving th- through. Did that did that affect your feeling of worth, of value? I mean, did you feel like, wow, I've been betrayed? I don't know if a betrayed or abandoned, I guess would be a better word. Abandoned, and I mean, did you f- take it personally? Like as in, wow, I'm not, I'm not valuable enough or he didn't want me? Or were you just like, wow, something happened and... You know, uh, he's off on his own and doing a different thing now. Yeah. Did you pursue that? Were you angry towards him? or? You know, it's very hard. What kind of a feeling? What were my feelings? I guess the big question was, how did you reconcile those feelings? The thing is, is that I never addressed my feelings. Mm -hmm. 
I throughout my whole life, yeah. I actually have been very, very good at never showing feelings, mm. and you could never tell how I felt. Yeah. And feelings were always something that were on the back burner. They were never anything that were brought to the surface or that I even looked at. You're so the poker player. <laughs> I absolutely. So when it happened, I just said, "Well, fine, whatever." I, I don't have close any... Close the door. I just close the door. I'm yeah. like, I don't have any feelings. Hmm. Um, I can shut these feelings off. But the whole thing is you've got to work through those feelings yeah. in order to find out. So that's when I started to figure out what feelings were. <laughs> <laughs> margarita so, helped. <laughs> the margarita helped, right? Um, and the friends. So, so you met Lisa and then how... Just as adults, it's hard to engage in new friendships. Yes. Right? I mean, you have work friendships, but then you work together, and then you go out a couple times, but sometimes it's not like you want to hang out with that person all the time, because you associate them with work. But when you meet someone at the bar, how, just out of curiosity, how does that... You both started talking, hey, here's a little story from me, here's a little story from you, and then what? Like, what was that first initial, how do you move forward and take action on making a friendship that you guys can go out and do stuff and call each other on? Um, I just think that you you have a common ground, mm-hmm. you know. You just have um, you and basically, I mean, she was a very optimistic person overall. Um, she was a very ambitious, you know, with her job. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a wonderful family. She had a very loving, supporting family, and so um, I just I kind of liked um, the comfort. She was very comfortable. Yeah, you All know, right. I could talk to her about anything. Um, she didn't judge me. Right. Um, and she gave me a feeling of comfort and of warmth yeah, cool. that I had been missing in my marriage. I had mm-hmm. no comfort or warmth in my marriage. didn't realize that, really. But I had been missing comfort and warmth and a camaraderie for many, many years. And to actually be able to talk to someone and they were actually listening to what you're saying yeah. and having a conversation and not just letting it go one ear and out the other it was um it was very nice um but then i started to realize that i was getting putting myself in another box by just staying in that relationship and not having other friends and not doing other things and now i was kind of like now i would work and i would come home and then once a week i would get together with my friend and then that was it yeah (laughs) so again i was in the same kind of a a pattern you know Mm -hmm. And so finally one day I'm just like, okay, what is it that's, that makes me happy? Or what can I look back into my past before all of this craziness happened? What were the things that made me happy? Wow, that's a powerful thing to, to come to terms with. So. Absolutely, because you've forgotten your happiness. You've forgotten where the happiness, the core of it yeah, is. That's yeah. deep. That's good. Yeah, so when I look back, I'm like, well, what did I used to you? Well, I always loved to be outside. Yeah. I always loved to bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I always loved um, a good bath. I always like um, a nice dinner, a glass of wine, um, mm-hmm. music, you know. So I started to think about these things, and I'm saying, well, why don't I have these things incorporated in my life? Yeah, lots of people would like that. I mean, that sounds like a, almost a perfect date right there, right? Right! Yeah. So and And so I think what happens is people believe that when they're doing the things that make them happy, they have to have someone else with them. Mm-hmm. Whether that's um, a male or a female, you know, they think that they have to have someone in agreement or someone to keep them company while they're doing what makes them happy. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. Wow. And so I was thinking, you know, 
you can go to the park without having somebody go to the park with you. You can go on a bike ride without somebody going a bike ride with you. You can mm-hmm. well, you can take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's all these things you can do. So why are you hesitating and why are you not doing these things? So I started to do these things, wow. and I found that when I was in states of depression or when I couldn't eat or couldn't sleep, I'm saying, you know, what would make me happy right now? Mm. And I would come up with one of the five things, and I would do it. And then all of a sudden, now my my happiness was elevated. I was happy. And then you could do those multiple things in one day. You could do all those things in a day, or you know, one or two of those things by yourself. By yourself. You know, that's brave. Like I mean, it really is. A lot of people, like you said, feel like you have to do things. And in our society, almost points at that too, right? Absolutely. So somebody might look at you and say, "Hey." Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have a boyfriend. Or I hear it all right the time. Now. I hear and it like, all the time. I don't need that. You know, I, I, it'd be nice to have it, and we'll get into that later. Right. I love your, I love your approach on that now, and so we'll get into that soon enough, I'm sure. But, um, but just by saying, you know, I'm going to go out and do things for myself, it's such a strong and brave thing to say. I mean, I remember the Titanic. <laughs> remember that movie? Yeah. And everyone was like, "Oh, it's such a great movie," and we couldn't coordinate to go, and everybody saw it, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna go by myself. Right. I've never gone to a movie by myself, and so I went to the movies, and it was great. It was kind of interesting watching a movie by myself. Right. And I didn't die. I didn't get shamed or societally shamed, and I just did it, and you know, and then she saw it too, and uh, then we could talk about it. But you know, just going out and doing things on your own is really uplifting. You know, if you're feeling bad or you're depressed, you can't get out of bed, just getting out there and doing exercise alone, like walking around the park, riding your bike, those things create endorphins and your body changes and your mind changes mm-hmm. just because you're doing something and moving around and, and making something happen. If yeah, otherwise absolutely. you sit there and wallow in your thoughts. Yes. So, well, that's the thing. Awesome. Well, I had this wonderful treadmill, you know, yeah. that sat in a room and it sat there and I... I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a fire stick. I'm going to hook up my TV. I'm going to watch my Netflix while I'm walking. And I'm walking, and I'm just like, this is the most boring experience <laughs> of my life. Is it over? I don't care. You know. <laughs> so um, it turned out that one of the my coworkers needed a treadmill. I sold it to him. Mm-hmm. I had the money in my hand, and I said, I am walking down to downtown Rochester Hills to the bike store, and I'm right. going to ride out on a kick-ass bike and it's going to have everything i need and i am going to bike ride and that will be my solution for exercise it gives you freedom um it gets you out there to see different things as you're moving around you know and not to say that there hasn't been times where you know i couldn't get up the hill because it was too steep and Mm -hmm. i had to get off of it and walk it thus the hills in rochester hills thus (laughs) thus the hills and 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 when i first did it i kind of felt a little bit weird i'm like these people that are around me probably think that i am not in shape because i have to get off my bike to get up this hill (laughs) and then i'm thinking what do i even care what other people think there you go boom Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden after like a couple weeks all of a sudden now that hill was a breeze now i just flew over that hill (laughs) and it was such an accomplishment for me um, to be out and about and to just explore different places, you know. Mm-hmm. But then that also is limiting in a city that has paths that go to a certain point and end. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, then you are again within a perimeter of where you're 
now you got to venture outside that perimeter again because you always have to continually grow yeah. outside of what you're normally doing mm-hmm. or else you will stagnate. Mm-hmm. You just will. That's good. Yeah. All right. So, bam, your life changed. Life changed. Moving along. And yep. then you wallowed. You took some time to just mourn, if you will. Right. And, and then you, at one point in time, whether it was the margarita or not that helped, you looked in yourself and said, this is my life. What do I like to do? What do I want to do? Right. But before I got to the point where I figured out where it happened to everything, I thought that getting another male companion was going to be my happiness. Mm-hmm. This is before any of the thing yeah. where I figured out what was happening. I was like, so now I have my new friend. Mm-hmm. I, know my, I got my margaritas. Yeah. I can walk to the bar. I don't have to drive. And there's boys there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to meet some new boys because the new boys are going to make my life all better again. I'll be happy <laughs> once I get the new boy. Yeah. And then I just realized that all the boys that were out there didn't care about me as a person. They liked um, the size of my chest, or they liked how I looked in my jeans, or they liked my high heels, or, you know, something like that. And the comments would, in an initial conversation within 10 minutes, these things were brought up that this person doesn't even know me. You know, and so, and I started to get, it was very shallow. Yeah. But I did go through some very shallow experiences with men. <laughs> yeah. Because I wanted a man, and then I also had needs. And right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fulfill these needs. I'm going to find the man. And, and but the needs were shallow. The needs came from a shallow place. Um, the conversations came from a shallow place. So then it got to the point where it was just like, it's not worth it. That the shallowness isn't worth it, right? You know, and then so then I that's when I kind of drew back from men mm-hmm. and kind of got more inside myself. All right, before we get there, so if you're if you at that point in time in that mindset when you were looking at these guys at the bar or they would talk to you, mm-hmm. would you seek them out or would they talk to you or send you a drink and you'd have a conversation? I, so, I'm telling you, kind of interesting, so. I was a great seeker. I was not, I was, I'm very, I'm very impatient and I'm much, I'm patient now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patience is key. Yeah. But back then I was very impatient. I'm like, if I see, if there is, I see a line of sight and our eyes have locked and there is something going on, in the flirtation world, <laughs> I have no problems approaching. Mm. I've always been like that. Yeah. But that kind of sends a different message. And it sends a message that was always taken the wrong way. And it wasn't the message of you're an independent person that's approaching me to get to know mm. me. It's she's wanting one thing and she's coming mm. at me for it and I'll be happy to give it to her. Yeah. So it wasn't... Um, Right. It wasn't right. Well, the first things, I mean, if you see someone, obviously attraction, right? So, I mean, all that stuff is right. is there anyway. But you're saying to the guys they shouldn't necessarily bring it up within the first ten minutes that you've got a great butt and right. figure and things like that. Right. I mean, you know, but basically I think, but it comes down to what the people agree upon the, in the relationship that they're sure. creating in that moment. So... At the time, I wasn't looking for a permanent relationship. Mm-hmm. I was looking to have fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I was looking to have fun with a fun person, so I would approach people, and it was in a fun way. And it was in a, in a way, I was approaching it from a superficial, shallow standpoint. So I was getting exactly what I was looking for. Right. But then I found out that what I was looking for really wasn't what I was looking for. Did you need it or want that then? I mean, was that was that valuable to go through that, to come out on the other side and say, that isn't what I wanted, this is now something? Right. But Did you skip that? Or would it... No, you realize it's not what you want, but then you're like, what do I want? And then you're totally confused, you know. <laughs> but then um, you just start to have to figure out that you also have to... How personal do you want to get... <laughs> Well, I don't know how, how personal you want people to hear. Or well, understand, but <clears throat> what I think is valuable here is is the lesson, right? You know, I have a friend whose dad passed away, and and he searched for a, something to comfort him, right? And it was was it relationships or what? You know, so he was going kind of in a weird spot. But then he came out of that, and it's like, you know, how sometimes you need. You need to go down a certain path to grow and come out the other end. Like there's a tunnel, you know, and you have to go right. through this tunnel. And the tunnel may not be always the most, you know, societally accepting pathway. But you know, if it's something, you know, you've got you're married, you've been with one person for so long, and then you go out and you say, "Well, I am desirable. I am. <clears throat> I do have needs, and this is fun. I'm learning other people, and I'm learning what I like." So maybe that was something that you had to go through. Had, yeah, that you would had say, to. <clears throat> yeah. To you, I'm more interested in these things, so these physical attributes are more interesting, or I'm more interested in someone who is not pulling from me, trying to fill their needs, or thinking that they have to be a partner for me in order for me to be happy and successful along the way. So, yeah. um, and, and I think... By going through that and realizing, hey, you know, I understand how shallow relationships work, but I'm not really interested in that anymore. And moving forward, or maybe you will someday soon, just say, I need a shallow relationship and go get that. But if you want to pursue something that's more of value, which now that sounds like where your mind is moving. Yeah, but what I, one thing that I really discovered recently is you cannot. You know, you can't judge a book by the cover. I mean, one of the most... You've heard it a million times. But, you know, people are books. Mm. People are books from the beginning and to the end. We're all books. And we did not choose our cover. <laughs> we did not choose it. This is what we were born with. And then in whatever circumstances that we're in now, whatever our cover is looking, whether it's weathered, whether it's beautiful, whether it's, you know, tattered... You know, the binding of the book is the most important part. It's like the strength of the book, the spine of the book. Mm. Like, what is that person, like, really mm. about? And when you start to look at the cover, the cover becomes more beautiful because what's inside of it is what makes the whole book. So yeah. in the beginning, when you start looking for companionship, you know, you're looking at their face. And you're looking at their body, and you're looking at their clothes, and you're looking at their job, and you're looking at their money, and you're looking at the potential for the future. But who are they? Mm -hmm. And who are they in relation to you? And how much do they care about your story? 
and you know and helping you write new chapters together mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that's the whole thing i mean and then when you get away so so then once you've experienced it there's no going back to the shallow you can't do that anymore yeah that's over mm-hmm. so then at that point when you're reading the new books and you start to turn mm-hmm. through in your chapter 2 and you're like Oh God, this story is not good. I don't have to read the whole book. I can close it now, and I think I'm going to. It's a Hallmark movie. And <laughs> That's all I know. but I'm still, I still have me, mm-hmm. and so then you can start to pop out and experience other people, but still know that you're, you know, you have a core in yourself that you always can come back to, and you can always depend on. Nice. I like that. Yeah. It's good coaching technique, right? And um, advice. Yeah. So, that's good. So, you've had a, a some exploration of some shallow books. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that made your book much more deep and of value. And then you can... You ever stop and look at your own cover? I'm just say. I like where this is going. I like how this is involving. It's much more interesting, and I feel much better looking at it now. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and people are always going to have their, their own thing, you know. So just because someone isn't attracted to you, even if you're attracted to them, it doesn't, it's not you personally. Mm-hmm. It's just you're not their cup of tea. Yeah. You're a different... You're somebody else's cup of tea, you know. But the main thing is you got to be your own cup of tea. Yeah. You got to like your own herbs and spices. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. And then you can add a little some some latte to it. Yeah. Drop a little cinnamon stick in there. Yes. Line. Yes. And you're dating a chai tea latte, and you. <laughs> yeah. You know, make make yourself break. the best you can be for yourself. You mm-hmm. know. No, that's beautiful. I like that a lot. So, so tell us a little bit more about, you know, some of the actions. So that's a relationship advice. But I think one of the big things is you're telling us is that's not defining of you. So you let go of societal say, society saying, <clears throat> hey, you should be with somebody, you should be partnered with somebody or to make your life more fulfilling. And that may be, you know, maybe you want that down the road, but... You know, you've told us a lot about some great adventures you've recently had. You've you moved from Rochester to the big city now in Detroit, and you've got this great, great condo. You you just were telling me a little bit about it's just past Thanksgiving. Um, you went to the Detroit Thanksgiving Parade, and how much fun you had, and the adventures you've had on your own. And, and again, I just really commend you, because it sounds like, for most people, I think it's it's really brave going out on your own and being by yourself and moving forward to meet other people. But what a powerful tool and skill set that is to add to yourself, you know, to go out there and just say, you know what, I can go have fun on my own, even if you had a partner and they had to work or something, and you just go out and have fun on your own. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about some of that. You went to... I went to the Detroit Hydrofest. So... Um, just recently I was at work and one of the banks that I work with, cause I'm the finance manager, mm-hmm. um, one of the banks said, we've got some free tickets to the Detroit Hydrofest and for parking and for the Hydrofest. And I'm like, that sounds fun. Yeah. 
And so I talked to a couple different people at work, and I was like, hey, anybody want to go to Hyderfest? I got these four tickets, you know, and they're like, well, maybe, and this and that and the other thing. Well, it came down to the last minute, and nobody could go. Right. <laughs> and I says, well, I don't care. I'm like, I've got four tickets, and I can use one of them. So, so I cruised down. I've never, you know, it was only the second time I'd driven to Detroit by myself. Mm. Um, wow. You know, I'm just recently into the Google Maps, just recently learned how to, like, navigate. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know, it's it's ridiculous, but it's true. <laughs> and I ended up driving into the wrong places three, four mm. times before I found where I had to be. And, and I parked my car, and I went, and I spent the day um, at the Hyderfest, and they had um, different cars, like classic cars. And then I ended up meeting this guy... Um, who we ended up talking for the longest time, and he introduced me to his friends and his friends' kids, and we were up in the bleachers. And then, um, so then as the day went on, as it was over, then I was walking toward my car, and uh, there was a couple guys, and they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing fantastic, how are you? And they're like, hey, we were going to go over and have a drink, and then, you know, what? so I went with them, and we um, went over and had a drink, and then we met up with some more friends of theirs, and we ended up having Mexican, driving <laughs> across town to a Mexican place, and so that day was more fun than any day I could have planned yeah. with any other people, mm-hmm. because the whole time I'm there, I could walk where I wanted to go, I could watch as much of this as I wanted to watch, I could take pictures of what I wanted to take. I could walk away when I wanted to walk away. I didn't have to be bound by the rules or the yeah. timelines of anybody else around me. And it was actually way more fun. Yeah. Way more fun. Wow. And I met way and I wouldn't have met new people if I would have been with people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done the same things. Yeah. So I almost think it's valuable to be alone. Mm-hmm. It's just valuable. That's cool. Um, Did you now I mean a lot of people who listen to this might say Detroit, big crowds. Is it yeah. safe? Did you feel safe? Was there an opportunity for you at all times just to? Yeah, to the, I. You know, I am unlike any other in that I do not see the fear that other people see in this city. I do not see it. Is there's going to have to be a day where right. it smacks me in the face before I? Well, not necessarily feel just Detroit. I mean, Detroit is yeah. really coming up, and I've I've worked downtown for a long time now about 10 years and so I know you can turn the corner and find yourself in a bad spot right. but it also has a lot to do with your energy that you put out if mm-hmm. you're fearful and scared and, and and act accordingly then people are going to respond to that if mm-hmm. you're brave and strong and you know send off a good vibration then that's that's a different story as well but just be smart and be where you're at I'm not I wasn't necessarily going there I just mm. meant as a as a woman an attractive woman on your own and you're out with a bunch of guys and they take you somewhere and you go somewhere. Did right. you feel like that? Well, you know, the thing is, I, I have to say that um, I do have some naivete. Yeah. I do. I do. And I do have to put myself in check at many times because I have to remember that the last time that I really was alone was in my 20s in college where everybody roamed the world, went strange places with strange people did strange things and nobody ever thought anything different of it and when you're an adult and you're doing the same thing people are like well why are you doing these strange things in strange places with you know yeah so i probably need to put a little bit more in check of the <laughs> of the decisions that i make i have to be maybe I have to reel it in a little but um i just hate 
restrictions. And I don't like my own mind to restrict me based on fear of what is going to happen to right. me, like yeah. something's going to happen to me. So that's a big, that's a big philosophical conclusion that did you have that in your marriage? Like before when you were married, did you have that same con- that same thought process? Or did it all come up as a result of finding yourself and and trying to be now who you are and your right. authentic It's self. exactly coming from that. It mm-hmm. came from that. It's almost like, um, you know, when you're the horse at the gates and then the gates open and you start running, you're running. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, whatever's happening when you're running, you just kind of roll with it and you the fear is gone. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't, I'm not frightened of things, but... And I lived in fear for a long time. Doing things on my own was something that I never did. Yeah. I never did things on my own. Yeah. And um, But it's crazy because, you know, so my friend, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a dear, dear friend um, who taught me a lot. And one of the things she said, to, she wanted me to go on a trip to Europe with her. Yeah. And I was compl- very frightened of airplanes. I'd only been on one or one in my life. Very frightened of airplanes. I didn't want to do it. And she said, you know, so she goes, on your deathbed, she's like, (laughs) what are you going to say? Yeah. She goes, she said, you're going to say, I worked a lot. (laughs) Yay. And when she she said that to me, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I could just, I was like welling up inside. And I was like, oh, my God. My life is work. Yeah. What kind of a life is that? Mm-hmm. So she kind of opened my mind. And then when we, we went to Europe, and that was my first European, and then we ended up going another six months later to Europe again. Yeah. And from that point, and I would follow her in the airport because I knew nothing about mm. anything. So I was like a little kid. She would call me little Pammy. <laughs> She's like, come on, little Pammy. <laughs> So yeah, and, a mentor. Yeah, and so she's like, and so the second time we went to Europe, and she and I was following her. I said, "Look, I don't want to follow you. I want to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that if I were here on my own, wow. yeah. c- can I do this?" Mm-hmm. And so she was like, "So I said to her, I says, okay, I have to go do this, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, but you got to do this." I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so I did that, and then I do the next step, and so we finally. So when I got on the plane, I'm like, you know what? I could have done this on my own. And I didn't meet anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so you've always got to know that in the absence of other people that you have to pursue your happiness. And you have to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And you can't be held back by the fear of being alone. It's yeah. And that is such a huge fear. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting just to see you grow from what I when I met you and I've known you. And just some of the stories my wife will tell. But just to see now... I really see you as like a fearless person and hey there's an adventure to be had or something to go forward and do I'm going to grasp that I mean just moving from safe and secure I mean Rochester Hills is one of the safest places in the absolutely. country absolutely it's, it's a beautiful place to, for families yeah. yeah but it it's not super interesting and now you move to Detroit and there's artists everywhere yeah. and, and entrepreneurs starting to build businesses and, and you can see the I'm just looking out the window. I can see construction and all these old houses here that are being turned into beautiful new condos. And just Detroit is going to explode. In the next five years, it's going to be just bustling and beautiful. And uh, it's going to—it's a big change, and we can see this. And I can see that you know that part of that 
that interest. I mean, just what a year ago, maybe was your first visit to Detroit. Or? Well, this is the funny thing. So everybody, everybody who comes to Detroit constantly for entertainment, constantly <laughs> says to me, "Oh my God, you've been to the blah blah blah." No. You've been to the blah, blah, blah? No. You've been here? No. They're like, you've never been to any of these places? And I go, no. And I go, that is why I'm moving there. And I said, Detroit is going to be my next 10-year vacation. There you go. And I am going to explore the culture, and I'm going to explore all the venues and the adventures that exist in that city. And, yeah, then I will have that experience. But I just um, went to Belle Isle for the first time ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, um... Wait till the race. The Grand Prix. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, just fun things. Just fun things. And that's what I needed. Yeah, you know? that's great. I mean, that, honestly, I've worked down here for a long time. And that's one of the reasons I want to come down. My parents were lived in fear of Detroit. Oh, we're never going to go downtown Detroit. And I love music, so I'd always go to the concerts. And that would be about all we'd go to. And you'd see some homeless people and come talk to you every once in a while or try to get your money. And then I thought, I'm going to go work down there, right? So I got my job and worked down there. And occasionally you see some people who, you know, come up on the street and ask you for money or something like that. And sometimes you'll see them come into work and, and they've all got a story. And they've all got a, a story what brought them here. And that's what makes it interesting. And the artists and the entrepreneurs and the other people that you work with, you know, that come in from other parts, they all have interesting stories. So I can see the lure of the city and why Detroit, or any major city, but Detroit in particular, called to you a little bit. And the people are not, the people, and I can't say, you know, that everybody is like this, but I can say that my encounters with people in Detroit have not been on shallow levels. Mm-hmm. Um, absolute strangers that I spark conversations with the conversations are meaningful to me and the people's lives are meaningful to me and it's different perspectives um, that are way more interesting than the than the ones of people that are on the hamster wheel you know the hamster wheel is a boring story <laughs> it's a boring story you know it is nobody wants to read that no and it's just like and then the people you know my hamster wheel is better than your hamster wheel mm-hmm. no I got better hamster pellets than you got you know <laughs> my my grass that I shit in is nicer than your grass it's you know but you're still in the hamster cage I'm still in the hamster yeah. cage because I am not completely free but I'm on my way no I'm saying I'm saying you're mm-hmm. getting out in that conversation, you could say, you know, you got a fancier wheel than I do, but you're still in the hamster cage. You're breaking. Oh, I out see of the what you're saying. Cage. I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. yes. So you're coming it's out like have fun, cage. have fun in your everything. Yeah. It's all good. You found the habit trail, so you're moving down. But the, the thing final. is, though, the, but the, also I've learned is that that does not. I cannot judge that person for enjoying. Yeah. Their hamster wheel. Not everybody's ready to no. take challenges or forced to. Or and, and that may be where they want to be the rest of their life, and that could be their happiness. So I cannot judge them and say, because you are different than the way I think, your way of life doesn't mean anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's a big thing, too. I mean, if, if somebody wants to live, if their success... Right. Success is independent, how you feel your success, you know, you're successful is an independent um, decision. Success is different to every person. To every person. What is your formula? That's what 
my tagline is, you know, knowledge, action, success. What is your formula for success? What, what do you put together that keeps you moving? Um, and I think that's so powerful and that's such a good thing to even bring up. Um, I'm just going through my, my questions and you're kind of knocking them out in this linear fashion, which I love. Um, but, uh, so, so you still got a great position, you know, working as financial manager and for a pretty prestigious, uh, Audi dealership. And then you moved to Detroit and you're pretty happy with yourself now and you found your confidence and you're courageous and you're brave and moving forward and you're not afraid to go out and do things on your own or discover what new things could be of interest to you or make you happy and <clears throat> and tell us a little bit more about about the relationship thing we talked a little bit about this some you've had some relationships where they almost seemed needy and they wanted they wanted more from you as opposed to growing with you. Like that whole push-pull mm-hmm. teaching, you know, you can push someone in a direction to say, hey, you need to be loved or you need to be in a relationship or you need to um, take care of me or, or or you need to satisfy my need for taking care of someone or something. So as opposed to the pull, which says, you know what, I'm moving up, I'm entrepreneuring my life, I'm growing, I'm pursuing my dreams and building new ones along the way. And if you're interested, you can come along and you can build your own dreams and together we can maybe manifest some cool things together mm-hmm. or live intentionally through that. And that's really fascinating. So if now that those shallow relationships are a thing of the past, but now moving forward into this, how is your definition? How should, how would someone approach you or what would you look for in a better, a better um, sales pitch for a relationship. Well, it's very hard for me because when you're tr- when you're changing your perspective, you know the books, the books and the covers, and all the different yeah. things that go with that. Um, I guess along that way too, as I said, I was very good at hiding emotions. So relationships that I've been in, I did not show vulnerability. Yeah. I would not open up. I would not mm-hmm. show feelings. Mm-hmm. This was. This is our plan, okay? Let's write it down. Our plan is, you come over on this day, we do this, we do this, you go home, we right. talk on the phone, the next week you come. So this is this is a business partnership, you know, there's nothing. So the emotions I could kind of keep out of it. and then, um, But then I started to realize that in order to actually bring in a relationship that's going to be lasting, you do have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So that so the past couple relationships I've been trying to be more vulnerable, which is very hard. Yeah. Because you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. And when you put yourself out there, well then you can get hurt. Mm-hmm. But you can get hurt anyway. You can. You get hurt, but you could also get rewarded. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and then if you don't really think of it as hurt, yeah. But think of it as a lesson. Mm-hmm. And get hurt completely out of there. No, he's not trying to hurt you. Yeah. Um, he's just, uh, how do you feel about, um, you know, what are you learning from that feeling you're getting that should be hurt? I Who right. knows? I don't know. It's That's getting, all a personal thing. It's all a personal thing. You're going to give thing. someone that much power over you to hurt you. Right. So the, the most recent, you know, relationship kind of came down to um, moving much too fast for me. 
mm-hmm. um, because um, the the book has many pages. Yeah. And so um, flipping to them too, flip through too fast, flipping <laughs> through too fast. I mean, did did you read that chapter yet, or are you just reading the end to see what happens? Because <laughs> there's stuff in between that we're missing. Mm-hmm. So to me, I can't have pressure. I yeah. can't have this immediate pressure of commit to me now. Right. Give it to me now. You know, I, I can't do that. And that's something I've learned about myself. Mm-hmm. So then when you approach a relationship, if somebody is ready for that quickly, then they need to be ready for someone else. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not on that track. So patience is something that you discovered. Patience is something that earlier. I've discovered. You have to have it. You have to have it in shitloads. <laughs> You have mm-hmm. to have it. So um, so I, I approach everything now from a very patient standpoint if I'm interested. If I'm not interested, I'm just you'll just be sliced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, so it's ruthless now. It's ru- I'm you ruthless. Are done. Well, because it's time. Yeah. And it's time. So why am I going to spend time with someone that is not going anywhere when there could be someone else brand new that I, you know, so... Don't waste any time. Mm-hmm. Don't waste any time. Okay. Well, that's pretty much that. So I've, I've learned that you are extremely brave in going forward and discovering yourself and moving forward. That's good. And you're also ruthless. I'm also ruthless. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> you have to have some value. So, um, I know. Be of it, interest to yourself, which makes a person more interesting to you, more attractive. So that's good. Um, <clears throat> all right. So then you've got all these successes moving along. What what's Pam like in five years? What how's this adventure going? So my true goal, and and I and one of the reasons I moved to Detroit is I want to help the Detroit community, and I want to help Detroiters, not the people that are moving in, you know, to be fashionable or to be near the hip scene, but the actual people that um, maybe in hardship, you know, or just maybe need a helping hand, or maybe a neighborhood that needs some help. Mm-hmm. Um, I volunteered for Habitat for Humanity last summer, and it was a very rewarding experience. And I have to tell you, that was the first time that I ever volunteered in my life. Wow. Which makes me sick, <laughs> makes me sick yeah. to think about. Because as a person who likes to give and yeah. see the reward of giving and helping, I should have been doing this my whole life. Mm. Wow. So what lost time for helping? So now that I, and what I decided to do is I'm like, I want to be here, so why not live here in the community and be part of the community so that I can actually make an impact on the community. So my goal is to become involved with neighborhood groups, to become involved with nonprofits, um, mm-hmm. to find out where the needs exist, where I can actually give of myself and give of my knowledge and give of my time, that it will actually mean something sure. in the world. Yeah, that's nice. Because what I do on a daily basis does not mean anything yeah. to the world. I'm, I'm, I'm merely a cog, <laughs> and, I, and I spin in a... Right. You know, it's there. I'm, I'm there. And um, and when I come home at the end of the day, I'm, I don't bring my work home with me, you know. And But it's 
but it's not the fulfillment that I need. The fulfillment is mm-hmm. the helping and the and the being involved. So you can say what difference did I make today? And what difference did I make today? And confident that you did something. And yeah, life, you know that fu- and fulfilled else. my soul. Yeah, as well. <clears throat> Um, mm-hmm. And when I come home from work, it's just such a wonderful thing to be in my new home and to look out the window onto my new street, my new community, and know I've gotten this step closer. Yeah. To That's me, a giant step. I mean, yeah. it may. I I start when I first came in here. I got my keys. The first thing I did is I just started bawling. <laughs> I was just crying. Mm-hmm. It was the most wonderful feeling. And, you know, and I can still catch myself getting teary-eyed when I walk in the door. That's exciting. So so this has been really uplifting, and I appreciate your vulnerability and what you've been sharing with our listeners, or my listeners. And uh, since it's not like a business you have, but you do have like a proposal in some sort, um, but can you think from maybe just telling our audiences, people who are listening that said, wow, I was in a similar situation, my world got uplifted, and then now I'm confronted with facing myself, and I and then we've already talked a little bit about um, looking deep and trying to take some action to stir up your juices, if you will, to mm-hmm. say what what's my interest? What do I want to do? What difference do I want to make? Whether it's in someone else's life or your own life, but how could you? What's your formula, Pam? So can you say that from a perspective of? This is me, and this is what I use. Well, you know, this is the experience I did, and I, I, I stick with this, and I realize that these are my, my core values now. And moving forward, this is my formula for success. And then maybe other people can, can adopt that and learn from what you've gone through. Um, the formula is knowing your own truth. Mm-hmm. Knowing what makes you happy, knowing what the path is that you want your life to take, um, and in the process, don't harm other people. <laughs> you know, don't. I, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's um, how can you enrich your life and the lives of others on a daily basis with your interactions? And, but I guess eventually I want to be in a situation where I'm in a community involvement situation where I'm working with people in the community, probably, um, organizing events. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, I want to, I want to be part of a community. I want it to go back to the bare bones. I want my life to be what it used to be back in the olden days. Mm where the people went down the road and knocked on the door and said, hey, you know, can I have yeah. some sugar? I'm, you know, I need some sugar. And they go, oh, yeah, hey, and by the way, I just made a pie and I got an extra one. Here you go. <laughs> like, I want that kind of interaction with people. I, I don't want it or to be... <laughs> or text them. <laughs> don't even get me started on texting. That's a whole other thing. When my ex walked out the door was when I learned how to text. Wow. So that's hilarious, and that would be at the age of 48. <laughs> yeah. So all this was just a couple of years ago. It was just a few years ago. I mean, you, ago, yeah. you have all that life, and it almost sounds like within just a few years, you lived an entirely different life. It, it's absolutely... Second it, chances and yeah. self-discovery. And one thing that I think I really have to... Now that I'm thinking about it, people there's a lot of people, and especially women, mm-hmm. that are finding themselves alone 
at an older age Mm -hmm. and thinking it's over Mm -hmm. and thinking that the age, now that they're this age, how are they ever going to have another life? It's just now they're just going to sit on their couch and they're not going to do a thing and they're not going to pursue anything because they're just too old. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that you are never too old to do anything. And I started to think about it. I'm like, 20 years, for, I've got easy 20 to 40 years in front of me mm-hmm. as long as I take care of myself. Right. Which is another thing you better be doing, women, when you get older. <laughs> Start taking care of yourself. Get out there on your bike and walk. And, um, yeah. But, you know, don't feel like it's over because of your age. A lot of the time people, like you're talking about fear, it's like a lot of the times people are fearful of being alone mm-hmm. in their doing of things. Yeah. And 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 just think, and so you have to think too, it's just like why, you know, and like where does the core of that fear come from, you know? Yep. Where is it, how far back does that go? Where's the first time you felt fearful of doing something like that, mm-hmm. you know? But um, don't become so latched to another person that you can't live without them. Yeah. And even if you find someone that is your groove, yeah. you still have to be you all the way through mm. till the end of your life. There it is. Thank you for that. That's good. That's so deep. And it's so true. Because that's what keeps people interested. Oh, you've done all this cool stuff? All right, I've done all this cool stuff. And at the end of the day, you can talk about the differences you've made together. Right. Separately as individuals and then maybe together. Because it gets boring. <laughs> Things get boring. When you become yeah. like, when two people become literally one person right. doing the same thing together all the time, <laughs> it's like that is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's really, really cool. So, again, I appreciate your vulnerability and your story yeah, I, today. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. Caring enough to listen to my story. <laughs> well, I think that'll make a big difference because I know a lot of people out there are going through similar things. A lot of people feel alone, and it's okay to be alone. That's it's absolutely wonderful to be alone. It's, it can be wonderful to be alone. Get out there and take some action. If you're feeling unloved or uncomfortable with it, just get out there and move. Go do something. Go out there. Find something to do that interests you. And... If you truly love yourself, Mm. your own book, your own story, your own cover, if you truly love yourself, then you are always loved. Mm -hmm. And you are never alone. Yeah. That's so good. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, And we'll let you go now with that. But... uh, I think there's a lot of valuable nuggets in our conversation today. So thanks again. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Let's give it up for Pam Bowerman. Is it fair to say I love Pam's story? She gives us her all and took us through her life's events, showing real vulnerability and embracing the true hero's journey. A little crazy and heartbreaking at times, but to see a person go through these challenges and hit those lows and not be crushed by them, to transform into such an optimist and find true love and trust in oneself, to learn who you are and be understanding and accepting of yourself by your own terms is one true definition of success. That's nothing short of amazing. 
We all struggle with this, with our own challenges every day, and when we see someone figure it out, it's an inspiration. So if that wasn't enough, since this recording, Pam had listened to one of Knowledge Action Success's first podcasts, the Vibrational Therapy with Andrew Weaver episode, and was moved enough by the content that she decided to pursue a business helping others through sound or vibrational healing in the Detroit and surrounding area. Her business is Tuning Detroit, and you can find out more by visiting her website, www.tuningdetroit.com. Honestly, Andrew gets some credit, but to be a part of changing a person's life's direction because of your work is one of the greatest honors I can think of. It is very affirming to know that Knowledge Action Success is making a difference. And now Pam is too, through Tuning Detroit. If this podcast made a difference in your life, or even just made you think a little more positively, maybe share it with someone else in need. And please let us know in an email, a post, comment, or even a like on what worked for you. Your feedback will keep us growing. I hope that you found some real value in today's episode, or maybe it planted a seed for you to think about and let grow. If you did enjoy this podcast, we'd love to have you as a listener and supporter and be able to continue to deliver life-changing content. So please join me, listen, and subscribe. This way you'll get the latest discussions and interviews on finding that formula for success. I hope you will confidently leave us a like and send some genuine positive feedback and comments our way so that we can continue to grow and make this the best podcast possible. If you have suggestions or a success story that you want to share, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at knowledgeactionsuccess.com. If you still want more, you can follow us on your favorite social media platform, including Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out our main website at www.knowledgeactionsuccess.com and get access to all of the podcasts, books, online curriculum, coaching programs, and tons of other resources. To reach me for public or motivational speaking events or to see how Knowledge Action Success can empower you from one or more of our coaching programs or to request a free introductory coaching call, go to our website or send an email to contact at knowledgeactionsuccess.com. And next up is a new Level Up episode where we explore and get challenged by amazing and progressive coaching topics, helping you to pursue your best life. Whether it's personal growth or progress for your business, the intention is to bring you massive value and help you to level up and discover your own personal formula. Knowledge Action Success has a new What's Your Formula episode every other podcast. So join us next time for a new value-packed interview. Next up is Mamba from Baobab Fair, a local Detroit restaurant specializing in the fabulous flavors of East African cuisine. How can a refugee from East Africa not only escape political turmoil in his home country, but make his journey to America and thrive bringing the unique and amazing foods to Detroit? Let's find out together as we discover Mamba's formula for success. I'm your host, Steve McLean, and I'll be sure to keep asking, what's your formula? This podcast is copyright 2021 by Knowledge Action Success, LLC.